Welcome to A Dab of Investment, the go-to podcast on wealth management for people with investments, pensions, and something to leave behind for the next generation by Alex and David Pritchard, powered by Applewood Independent. Hi, and welcome back to A Dab of Investment. You're here with Alex Pritchard. And today we're going to talk about protecting your financial future through a career change. And we're going to talk about that, but also include that career change going from employee to starting a limited company. Now, it's something that whether it's changing companies in the same industry or having a complete career change or going from that employee position to that a limited company to getting the benefits of that. And it's relatively simple planning. And also it's relatively simple in terms of what you need to think about because these decisions always need considering. And the age-old tale of you need to sit on so many months' worth of income or savings to, to help yourself. And that's really a good place to start. If you're uh, someone that plans ahead, you might do this already. But if you're someone that doesn't, you should always be sitting on a couple of months' worth of income because you may go to a new company that goes under straight away. Never mind starting one yourself, but it may, you may find your position untenable with where you are at the moment and you need to cover a couple of months worth of income for getting the, the married couple and both of you have high earnings or anything like that. It's always good to be sitting on a month or two's earnings at least just in case something like this happens and it goes wrong and everything else. And then obviously you've got to make that right decision for you because most of the time we move positions for either money or convenience more often than not it's money. So sometimes if you're earning more money, then you don't have to consider the fact that you're going to get more money. You're just going to live a, a larger degree of lifestyle. More consideration comes in when you're going to start a limited company. Now starting a limited company, you obviously are in something that you, most of the time, from what we see as financial advisors, it's consultant limited companies where you've got your skill set, you charge yourself out a couple hundred quid a day or a thousand quid a day, whatever it is. And then what happens is the money rolls into the company, you pay your corporation tax on it, you pay yourself via dividends. Normally, if your income's less than 50 grand, you'll have a very decent tax saving over employed income. And then you um, go away, offset some things against your company account and jobs are good. But there has to be a number of considerations. And that is that first and foremost, the limited company is its own living, breathing entity. You've got to make sure it's nourished. You've got to make sure that the grass is greener here where you're watering it and that the company Rather than it being for your needs, which obviously it is, you want an income, you want to grow a company, and maybe you sell it at some point in the future. The company has to be financially viable on its own. You've got to take care of that company. You've got to make sure that some companies might be better being underpinned with a guaranteed income revenue, right? Just you, you have a service that just pays you that 500 quid a month, five grand a month or something that just recurs. And then obviously there might be a sales aspect. There might be a work aspect where you take certain jobs on and then you make 500 quid a month, you make five grand a month or whatever it is through your direct work that you do through the company. And that nourishment of that company is then the key of actually protecting yourself financially and personally. The, the, there is a question here of 
using investments for companies. And this is all so personal stuff where should I sell down my ISA to invest into my company? I don't know. How good of an opportunity is the company? If you're going to put 20 grand of your ISA money into a company and the company's going to start turning over a million quid, you just need this 20 grand for the software to do it. It's then fantastic. What you don't want is to start throwing money at a company that isn't going to see any realistic return for a long time. You want to get it going on as little money as possible in most cases. And then you start investing when the money comes in. Um, obviously there, there is, um, the, the, the question here of what should I be doing about investing and should I do pensions and should I do this or that? The first, again, first and most important thing of starting your own living limited company is that living, breathing aspect of that company. Take care of that company. Don't pay yourself so much of a salary, which is where your own personal savings come in to, to take care of some of your bills in the meantime. Make sure that company is viable on its own. And then when the revenue and the profits grow, your income then grows with it, as well as the value that you've developed in the business. Things like pensions are very important. And doing a pension contribution through a limited company is mega efficient. It's amazing. But the company has to be viable before you start doing pension contributions. Because you doing an ISA through your own savings, and money goes into an ISA, you can take it out when you're in trouble. But when you're younger, particularly younger than 55 now and younger than 57 in the future, if you start doing pension contributions and then you get in a spot of bother and you're 40 and you can't access your pension for a decade or more, in that case, it'd be 17 years, you're in a pickle. Efficiently putting your money away in pensions needs to be when the company is viable on its own, where its revenue stream is good, when you've got protection against maybe some of the slower months or the slower years that you may have in whatever industry that you're working in. But obviously, I'm talking from a pragmatic sense at this moment in time, doing a company and doing what you love. There's a huge emotional thing there, and that's not something I get involved in. I look at some of the pragmatics and really, if you want to follow your passion and it ends up being a passion project, but you love doing it and it keeps the lights on for 10 years, there is no shame in doing that. So few people actually get to live and work their passion nowadays that if that's for you, then knock yourself out. My sort of pragmatism of it is I need to look at whatever it is that you're doing. From my point of view, I would always say to anybody that's considering this, moving to another career, a better paying job, moving from an employee to then starting your own limited company, what's the worst that can happen? So if you need to start a limited company to do this and you can only start it with 500 grand, what's the worst that can happen? You'll lose that money. You don't particularly want to borrow 500 grand to lose it in a business investment. You're going to get kicked in the teeth. So you've got to work out in disaster planning as building an investment portfolio. Okay, if a recession starts tomorrow and, and it lasts an average of 18 months and you lose a third of your money, that's probably the disaster plan I would make and put in place for an investment portfolio. You have to disaster plan moving a career. Okay, if I move here, I'm going to earn 50 grand instead of 60 grand. And then if it doesn't work out on my probation period, I won't have a job in the next three months. Have you got savings to cover that? I'm going to start a limited company. And there's not much money to put in, or maybe 10 or 20 grand to put in. And if it fails, you lose that 10 or 20 grand. And then you're still out of a job and you still got your bills to pay. 
the, the important thing here is the disaster planning itself. What's the worst that can happen? You'll be out of work. And also you need to make sure that things like you have your income protection or maybe your critical illness in place that if you have a heart attack, that you can't work and you can't nurture your limited company. It pays something out. It pays the bills. It pays the mortgage off. You have that protection there. The disaster planning is then relevant. And whilst my job as an independent financial advisor, there is a lot of portfolio planning. There's a lot of efficient pension planning and retirement and everything else. There's still personal discussions with people where I want to do this and I've got this and this money. And sometimes it's a great idea. And sometimes there's so many drawbacks to doing something. The risk of it being successful is such a minority that you shouldn't do it. Um, but still, having someone's unbiased, honest opinion across something like this, it's sort of part to what an independent financial advisor is to have personal discussions with people. All planning is personal after all. And if you have a real, I have a relationship with clients and you want to see them be successful. And if you can help them and help them to disaster plan things, help them to avoid pitfalls, then obviously we would do that, which is quite an interesting part of the job that I find, part of why we really enjoy this. So nonetheless, if you have any questions or any queries, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us via the website or via the telephone. And thank you for listening in and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Adapt of Investment. Please remember to subscribe and review and visit applewoodindependent.co.uk for the latest on wealth management and financial advice. See you next time.